Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh. Chuck's with me. Say hi, Chuck. Hi. And I know it titillates Chuck when I say this, so welcome to Stuff You Should Know. It does. I love it. Yeah, I know you do, Chuck. 60 episodes in, and we're introducing the show as the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got to try new things sometimes. Evolve. I like it. Yeah. Pretty pretty soon, I'll just start making up new names for it. That's People good. will be like, wait, did I download the right, right. one? Yeah. Um, so, Chuck, as uh, as I am usually want to do, I... Uh, have a, an anecdote from my past that will nicely segue into uh, what we should ta- what we should talk about today. I like these because they always I don't know about these beforehand. I really don't, so they're always interesting. This one's not you know is in, by comparison it's not that good, so don't get your hopes up. Okay, but um, you know when I was a slightly younger man in my early teens, I had a a friend um, named Jeremy whose dad was a firefighter, mm-hmm. and he was this tough guy, but he um, he also was fairly cultivated, you know, cultured. Um, and, uh, he and his friends, some of them firefighter buddies, used to go out at night and engage in what they called clumping. Okay. All right. Now, and I've never heard of it before or since. I think they made it up actually. Yeah. Um, but clumping involved going into somebody's yard and stealing plants that you liked and then taking them back to your yard and planting them there. Right. Um, it's a nice thing for a firefighter to do, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, you, you know. If he's saving lives, I think he can kind of get something of a pass, but it always struck me as a little um, wrong, maybe. Yeah. Well, stealing. It is stealing, quite clearly. Um, but but at the same time, it's like, it's even more than stealing. You know, it's it's not like stealing somebody's cell phone. You don't have anything really attached <laughs> to that except, you know, maybe your, your, your phone book in it. This is, you know, somebody's cultivating a garden. Somebody's right. taking the time to, to plan this and, and tend to it and... Now all of a sudden there's huge holes right. filled with dirt. You're stealing their time. You're stealing their uh, sure. their money that they put into the planting. Sure. Now comes the segue. You want to know what the opposite of that is? Uh, I have a good feeling. I know Let's what hear it is. It. Uh, guerrilla gardening. That's precisely right. And, mm-hmm. and Chuck, now I know there has been um, some uh, discrepancy in the very recent past. We, we're talking uh, the guerrilla, as in like guerrilla warfare, right? Right. Not uh, the uh, apes right. gardening. Although we, gorillas yeah. aren't apes, are they? I, I I can never remember. I don't know. I know they're primates. Let's go with that. Sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're talking gorilla gardening, right. and uh, it is pretty much what it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. You know, making uh, stealth maneuvers into uh, usually untended areas or neglected or overgrown vacant lots, that, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you know, tilling the soil, weeding it, and planting new stuff. Yeah, I think this is really really cool. I do too, because it's subversive, uh-huh. which you know I'm I'm very hip to, like you know the smart mobs thing, right? Um, but it, it doesn't harm anyone. It doesn't harm anyone. No, as a matter of fact, it makes the the world or the city or wherever you live and you're doing this a, a much better place, right? Although some people still try and shut it down, which we'll get to later. Yeah, good, because I got a great line for that. Okay, good. Yeah, so. Um, you want to give a little background, a little history on guerrilla gardening? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, originally, I believe it started in uh, New York City in the early seventies. The modern, the modern version did, yes. Right. Do you have info on the ancient version? Apparently, it goes back to 1649. Okay. Uh, when a guy named uh, Gerard Winstonley, I believe, he's from Surrey, England, he started a group called the Diggers, uh-huh. and they were basically the first guerrilla gardeners. They just went into places that they didn't 
own plots of land they didn't own and started planting. I wonder if the, they were planting crops, actually, to feed They were themselves. planting vegetables, yes. Right. Yeah. Well, the modern version started in the early 70s in New York, and uh, there was a resident there named uh, Liz Christie, mm-hmm. and she founded the Green Gorillas, and they started uh, hitting up uh, local lots and planting flowers. And the first one, I believe, was at the corner of uh, Bowery and Houston Street, which I know well. And did you know Bowery is actually Dutch for farm? Really? Yeah. Maybe that's why they picked it. I found it on the uh, the Green Gorillas website. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they... Um, Christy and the Green Gorillas um, actually kind of had a, a hard-fought struggle at first. That that place at the corner of Bowery and Houston, that, that little Houston, sorry, that little uh, neglected park right. that no one cared about. All of a sudden, now that they're tending to it and planning stuff, uh, they had they had a fight on their hands with with the city, I believe. I didn't realize that actually. Yeah, they had they had something of a struggle and. Um, Finally, the city the city gave in, saw the error of its ways after about a year, and legitimized it, and it became this community garden. And now it's a memorial park dedicated to Liz Christie. Very cool. Next yeah. time in New York, I'll have to go by. But she was the one who originated seed bombs. Yeah, these are really cool. And originally, she was <laughs> she was using um, condoms filled with tomato seeds really? or some kind some kind of seeds and like compost, and then you know hurling them into a vacant lot or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. And the condom would disintegrate. No, I guess. no, no. So they didn't work. I, I mean, it worked. I think the water would get get into it or something like that, or uh-huh. maybe she slid it. But even after the stuff planted, you still have a prophylactic um, laying around. Well, I've which been, really vacants yeah. up a lot, you know. Yeah. Have you been to New York City though? I have, but not since I was young. Yeah, the, the condom on the street isn't the strangest thing. Right. No, I've seen quite a few. But there are greener ways to do it, right? Yeah, I think uh, nowadays the seed bomb is uh, evolved uh, into uh, a clay uh, mixture mm. with like some clay and compost and seed and water, and uh, you just form it into a little ball, and you can just literally you can toss these from your car, and it has to be something obviously that can. Uh, can grow from not having to dig and plant it into the ground. Uh, but, yeah, it's a seed bomb. Pretty yeah, cool, huh? Yeah. And apparently, what, like, they, they're dried out, and then when it rains, right. the thing kind of uh, reconstitutes or dissolves, and then the seeds are spread, and there's yeah. this compost that, that feeds it. Right? right. Ideally, I think the seed bombs uh, are done either in the rain or before it rains, right before it rains. That's very cool. Ideally. Yeah, and, and like you said, you can throw them from a moving car or, uh-huh. you know, just kind of drive around, and you're just... You know, guerrilla gardening, guerrilla gardening, right. guerrilla gardening. Spreading beauty. Yeah, exactly. I um, like that. I, I saw a cool video on the Guardian's website of a guy named Richard Reynolds. Yeah. I, I Did you see him guy. making awesome. seed bombs? Yeah. He's, there's, uh, there's a great how-to video. If, if any of you guys out there in podcast land are interested in making your own seed bombs, there's a great how-to step-by-step video um, with Richard Reynolds. Right. And you're absolutely right. He is a cool dude. He's a very cool dude. Um, while we're on Richard, he's, he was the founder of the uh, London uh, Guerrilla Gardening Movement, mm-hmm. from what I understand, and has a great website, guerrillagardening.org. Yeah, it's pretty much like the definitive guerrilla gardening yeah. website. I know on a Google search, if you type in guerrilla gardening, it's definitely the first one that comes up. Yeah, which is a good. It seems the most legitimate as well. Yeah. Um, he actually, I read a cool thing on the, his website today where he um, had been taking care of, it may have been his own apartment complex. Yeah, it was. was it his own? Yeah. The horse and elephant or the buggy right. and something or other. Right. I love the names for the apartments in London. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. So, yeah, he was uh, had been taking care of his own uh, garden there and eventually got... Um, the residents had been paying uh, money toward uh, maintenance, lawn maintenance. And basically, the the residents started to say, hey, this is kind of fraudulent. 
this guy has been doing this for free. We're paying money for nothing. Right. And he actually got refunded, uh, the 90 residents. He yeah. got their money refunded for like a three-year period. Yeah. Which and, was about 100 pounds. And every, everything was going swimmingly uh, uh-huh. after that. He had um, some sort of at least verbal consensus between the paid groundkeepers, the uh, building's owners, and himself that he would take care of this this area, this common area. Right. And he's doing a heck of a job. The guy has, you know, he's a, he's a great gardener to yeah. begin with. Um, but uh, as long as he gave the uh, management a month, uh, a month's notice that he was going to stop so they could get the that company back in there to right. do their, you know, terrible job of taking care of it. Right. So he's got this agreement, and then all of a sudden things just go sideways, and he's got problems again. Uh-huh. And the one problem... You know, it, it, it's mind-boggling to me. If you have a vacant lot, if you have a, a common area, if there's a place where um, it's just being neglected, and then somebody very, uh, very benevolently just starts taking care of it, plants it, what's the problem? I know. But the problem is, is there is guerrilla gardening also kind of inadvertently serves as a slap in the face to people who are very interested in rules and procedure and right. know, like, their county code enforcement's phone number by heart. Right, right. And that's all you have to do is sure. call code enforcement, and all of a sudden, this this great act is now criminal. Right. Which Did, it was in the first place, but everybody sure. kind of looks the, the other way, right? Did you see the video on his site where they got shut down? No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's on YouTube as well, and it's on his website. And they were actually tending to a... Uh, an area underneath a street sign, I believe, in London on a corner. And uh, at night, usually it's gardening at night, uh, thanks to REM. We can give them a little shout-out. And uh, they do this undercover of the night quite often, and the cops came by, and they shut him down. It's all on tape. And he gets into a little minor argument with them that they're beautifying the area. And the cops, uh, and of course, these are cops in London, so it's all very polite, you know. <laughs> this in the United States, it would go down much differently. I'm sure. And uh, eventually, they, you know, they actually left because they threatened to arrest them, and um, but they snuck back a couple hours later and finished the job. Good for them. Yeah. And, and yes, I noticed there's like uh, clips and, and um, photo documentaries of like him all over the world. Yeah. Doing like guerrilla gardening. Yeah, and it is all over the world. I saw that there were sites in German and Australia and uh, here in the United States there are a lot of groups. And like you were pointing out, we, we don't, or I pointed out, we don't have one here in Atlanta. Um, but you mentioned that you don't necessarily have to have a group, an organized group that does this and a website. You can you can do it on your own. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much more low tech than, than seed bombs. Sure. You know, and you, you can, like you said, just drive around, throw them out the window. See what happens. But, yeah, you could go so far as to organize a group. Right. Well, which is kind of the cool thing, I, I think. Um, it goes a little bit beyond uh, just the gardening and beautification. A lot of times it's bringing the community together in a cool way, uh, just like when you there's groups that go around and pick up trash, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, um, I know on uh, Reynolds' site there's something called Troop Digs. I think it's like the forum uh-huh. where you can go and, and find out who's digging in your area right. and where they're going to be, that kind of thing, or who you need to contact. Um, and, and some people, from what I've read about Reynolds, he, uh, is completely into beautification. That's his only motive. Right. But there's, there's also a, a very political aspect to it, to guerrilla gardening. Um, it, it's, it can be a form of protest. Sure. Of, you know, capitalism, of, of urban blight, that, right. that kind of thing. Like the city won't take care of, of itself, so we will. Right, exactly. Um, and, and also of like, uh, food costs, it can be a protest of that. Right. Um, and actually, there's this guy in, uh, I believe, Boulder, 
uh, Colorado mm-hmm. this past summer. His name was Scott Hoffenberg, and he got slapped with a $2,000 a day fine for guerrilla gardening. Really? And the reason he was doing it, he said, was uh, because food prices had gotten out of hand. So he and a neighbor took up this little right away. You know the little strips in between the sidewalk and the street? Uh-huh. They just planted a bunch of uh, cucumbers and tomatoes and squash and all this kind of thing. And um, the, some some one of those people right. with rules and procedures you yeah. know, called the code enforcement. So luckily the, the county said they were going to try to work with the guy. And I never right. I didn't hear what happened. But I have a feeling that if you're a, a gorilla gardener and you're gardening actually right out front of your house right. and they're threatening a $2,000 fine, that would probably go a long way to get you to comply with those rules yeah. and procedures. Yeah. You know, I'd like to pick someone's brain who's really against this. Yeah, I want to meet the person who sees what's going on and goes home and is just fuming. Yeah. How dare they plant those flowers right there? Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm curious what's what's happening there. Yeah, and I, I don't think I could explain it, but I know for a fact I've met people like that before. Yeah, it's always a little unsettling. These are probably the same people that are uh, the neighborhood associations that uh, just flip out when someone's mailbox looks different than the rest. And yeah, like, those you know. those people are a lot of fun. I used to have a friend who lived in my subdivision. His family routinely got um, letters from the neighborhood association to you know move the water skis out from in front of the garage and that kind of thing. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Um, so, but okay. So Chuck, uh, both of us have expressed an interest in, in gorilla gardening. Let's say somebody who's listening to us, you know, wants to get started. Not everybody's against this, right? And actually, from what I understand. Um, Local nurseries have a tendency to really kind of support this kind of thing. Yeah, by you know, the donating dead, some the half dead plants uh-huh. that nobody's going to buy anyway that right. may or may not come back to life. Why not? So, right. what, what should what should people look for when they're doing this? Uh, but I just want to point out this very nice imperson- impersonation of a half dead plant. You just <laughs> you like the help me. Yeah, I wish people could have seen that. Um, well, first thing you want to do is find out, you know, identify your location of where you want to do this. So look for, uh, like you said, sometimes those little strips of land between the street and the sidewalk that are full of trash or grown over with weeds. Mm-hmm. Those are good spots, corners that have those. And uh, then you want to uh, find out what kind of plants you want. Uh, indigenous species are good. Non-invasive. Non-invasive. You don't want to like plant the new kudzu or anything. Right. <laughs> which for you non-Southerners is a... Uh, very fast-growing uh, weed that just, that just takes over absolutely everything. Right. It can kill a, an 80-foot oak tree in a year or two. Right. Thank you, Japan, for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, you want to pick out the right plants. And you also, I mean, you're, you're going to be, it's not like you just plant this and then you just leave forever. I mean, if you really want to do it right, you want to upkeep it. So if uh, you don't have a ton of time, you want to pick some plants that require as little upkeep as possible. Yeah, like drought-resistant plants. Yeah. Because of the law of commons. Everybody wants to take as much out of this common pool and put as little back as possible. Right. Well, as far as economists would say. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So if you have drought-resistant plants, you can, you know, leave, leave it up to the universe to take care of it. Right. I hate that ad. I know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you've got your plants. You've, you, well, you need to get your plants. You can ask for donations uh, or you can buy them yourself if you've got a little extra cash. Uh, gather up a little team or if you just want to do it yourself, if it's doable by yourself. And then, you know, you go out. A lot of people do it at night. Um, here in Atlanta, I think, in my neighborhood, I could go out in the middle of the day and no one would uh, Oh, totally. Issue. No, same here, I think, as well. And there's plenty of uh, lots around my house that I could go. Yeah, me too. Spruce up. Let's do that. Well, maybe we should. All right. And if any of you out there are interested in getting into guerrilla gardening, uh, we would suggest checking out guerrillagardening.org, mm-hmm. Richard Reynolds' site. He also has a book. Um, 
based on the uh, advice of Chairman Mao and Che Guevara, right. but about guerrilla gardening. Uh, and of course, you would also be interested in visiting our humble website. You can type in guerrilla gardening in the search bar on HowStuffWorks.com. And Chuck, what do you have for us? Do we have any uh, listener mail? Yep, we have some listener mail. Listener mail time. So uh, this uh, letter, Josh, comes to us from uh, a lady named Leah Johnson. Great. And uh, Leah says, uh, I liked your How Eco Anxiety Works article. And I also liked how you mentioned the vulture vomit at the end. Oh, yes. This is a good letter. Right. Uh, I have, in fact, been puked on by a turkey vulture, and it was disgusting. I was part of a raptor rehabilitation program, and we had outdoor housing for them, which we cleaned out once a week. Every time I went to get the turkey vulture out so we could clean it out, or just to give him some time outside, he'd panic and puke all over the over the place, including on me. Uh, fortunately, I always had on gloves when handling the bird, so the acidity wasn't so much a problem as the terrible smell from the bird of prey diet we were feeding him. Uh, anyway, thanks for making my days better by giving me something interesting to listen to, and uh, yada, yada, yada. We love you. <laughs> That's great. Well, Leah, because you uh, sent in your listener email and... Uh, because of your selfless care of birds of prey, right. we're going to send you our set of How Stuff Works steak knives for you and yours. We hope you enjoy them. And if any else, anyone else out there wants to send us an email, you can send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. Send it. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?